Welcome back to Search the Scriptures. This is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. Great to be back with all of our listeners again today, taking some time to open up God's Word and study a little bit further, dig a little bit deeper, learn a little bit more, and prayerfully grow in our faith, because faith comes by hearing the Word of God. Here on Search the Scriptures, if you happen to be listening for the first time, We do exactly as the name suggests. We dig deep into God's Word. We look at the teachings of the Scriptures in detail and in depth, and yet we try to explain them in a way that is easy to understand and that makes sense for your daily life. We want to help you. We want to help as many people as we can get to heaven. And the way to do that, most effective way, is to teach people about God's Word, about God, our Creator, our Heavenly Father, Also about Jesus Christ, God the Son, our Savior and Lord, and about the gospel message of salvation that Jesus brought from the throne room in heaven to mankind here in this earth almost 2,000 years ago. We want to help people understand better and help them and encourage them to live by the teachings of God's Word. Now, we encourage you to tell everybody you can about this program. You may help somebody learn more, grow in their faith, and turn their life around and ultimately get to heaven. So tell people, your friends, your family members, your neighbors, your work associates, everybody you can. And also encourage them to go to our website at churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com, and encourage them to click on the podcast button and sign up for our podcasting. When they do that, they will automatically receive to their smart device, whether that's their phone or their computer or whichever smart device they choose, they will receive this radio program Monday through Friday. Search the scriptures. But they'll also receive a Sunday morning Bible class, a Wednesday night Bible class, and all of our sermons, again, on podcast. And they will also receive what I really consider to be, you know, a kind of a unique gem or a jewel. It's just about a 13-minute Bible study every single day, seven days a week. Now, I know a lot of people, they, they would like to get into God's Word more. They would like to be able to spend more time focusing on their spiritual lives and their relationship with God, but they think they're too busy. They just can't seem to find the time. Well, 13 minutes a day, you can probably work that in just about every day, and it keeps you in God's Word. And again, since faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17, well, that should help you grow in your faith. Now, we also want to encourage you, especially if you're in the Omaha area, to come and worship with us, study God's Word with us, grow spiritually with us in person. Get to know us. Let us get to know you at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ. Our church building is located at 3606 North 108th Street, right here in Omaha. 3606 North 108th Street. Bible classes begin at 9.30 on Sunday mornings, followed by worship at 10.30. Sunday evenings, we come back together at 6 o'clock for our evening worship service and some further Bible study. And on Wednesday evenings, set aside our busy schedule. Wednesday evenings at 6.30, we get back together for midweek Bible classes. You're welcome to any and all of these services, and we do hope to see you soon. We're going to begin a new study. We're going to talk about something that, uh, well, really is profound, and we're going to take it right from the scriptures and uh, try to get a further insight into just what the kind of surface level reading might lead us to understand. 
but we're going to try to expand that expand that potential application to cover situations in our lives that I think all of us can relate to, pretty much anyway. Well, Jesus, after he had gone to the cross, after he had been buried in the tomb, and after he had arisen from that grave and presented himself alive to numerous individuals over a period of time, he would ultimately do that over 40 days before he ascended back to heaven. But at one point, he asked Peter this very probing question, and, and it's a soul-searching question. And here it is, John chapter 21, verse 15. So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? Do you love me more than these? Well, Simon, and I can imagine Simon almost instantly responded, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Interesting question. Interesting. Well, again, the setting is, this is the third time since his resurrection from that tomb that Jesus has appeared to his disciples. The disciples had been, and I think we're to understand, the 11 apostles at this time because Judas had already hanged himself after, after uh, betraying Jesus to the Jewish authorities. So I think we're to understand the 11 apostles referred to variously as apostles and disciples. They'd been fishing all night, but they'd caught nothing. Now, Jesus, not, being, not yet being recognized by them. Now, when I say fishing, they're out in a boat. They're out into the water, and they're casting their net. And so far, all night long, they're, cast, they're catching nothing. Now, Jesus is standing on the shoreline. And so at this point, and it's getting to be morning, he calls out to them. Cast your net on the other side of the boat. Now understand that within this group of apostles or disciples were at least four professional fishermen, Peter, Andrew, James, and John. They were in the fishing business, literally. Now, so when Jesus calls from the shoreline and says, cast your net on the other side of the boat, there could have been a response on the part of those especially those professional fishermen, Peter, Andrew, James, and John, uh, what are you talking about? We're fishermen. We've been fishing all night long. You don't know what you're talking about. Who are you? Well, again, Jesus was on the shoreline, off in the distance. Perhaps it was kind of just turning dawn, and they did not recognize him. But nonetheless, they responded by casting their net on the other side of the boat. And when they did so, the net began to be filled, literally filled, with so many large fish that between them, all of those disciples together could not pull it into the boat. Now, John, the apostle, and I think we can imagine in our mind's eye seeing him turn to the shoreline and Peter next to him, and John declared, it is the Lord. Peter, and Peter could be rather impulsive at times, it seems, and I can relate to that. 
Peter jumps into the water and sw- starts swimming ashore. He leaves the rest of the disciples there in the boat to deal with that huge catch of fish, the net, again, being so heavy that they could not pull it into the boat. Well, they start roaring, rowing ashore, pulling the net behind them to the shore. Peter beats them, obviously, to the shore because he's been swimming there. Interesting. Now, when the disciples reach the shoreline, and, of course, they recognize at that point it is Jesus. It is the Lord. He, this is the risen one. This is the third time he's presented himself alive to us since dying on that cross and being buried in that tomb. Well, Jesus already has breakfast ready for him. He's already prepared a breakfast of fish and bread, and so they sit down and eat. And it is at, in this setting and at this particular point that Jesus asks Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? Now, though it is not specifically stated, the natural assumption is that he was referring to the fellow disciples of Peter gathered there at that time, eating that breakfast, enjoying. Well, they've been working all night out there fishing from that boat, casting the net, pulling it in, casting it again, pulling it in, probably moving from place to place, and they caught nothing. They must have been hungry, and Jesus had prepared that meal for them. So, Simon, do you love me more than these? And I think that is the natural conclusion that most people reach in response to the subject of the question Jesus asked. Simon, Bar-Jonah, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? Now, what a probing, what a soul-searching question it is. What if Jesus were to ask you, Joe, Bill, Bob, Mary, Susie, Cheryl, whatever your name might be, do you love me more than these? We might be somewhat perplexed. We might find ourselves at a loss for words to respond at the moment because we've been caught off guard. Now think about Peter, one of the original 12 apostles, and he had been walking with Jesus literally for about three to three and a half years during Jesus' public ministry, basically with him all the way. He was there in the Garden of Gethsemane when Judas, his fellow apostle up to that point, had betrayed Jesus to the Jewish officials. Jesus had been taken prisoner. Now, Peter was the one who drew his sword at that point and struck one of the high priest's servants, Malchus, and cut off his ear. And he was there when Jesus picked up that man's ear and restored it to his head and told Peter, instruction, certainly, perhaps rebuke to an extent. If you live by the sword, you'll die by the sword. Now, Peter was among the apostles then who scattered from Jesus as he was taken into custody. Peter was there while Jesus that evening was run through a series of mock trials and hearings. 
the Jewish authorities trying to cover their bases by making the appearance that they were doing everything according to the law, the law of Moses. Well, but it was a sham kind of series of hearings and trials. Peter was there. Peter, during that evening, watching his master probably come and go from a distance, he fulfilled a prophecy of Jesus from that night, earlier in the evening, when Jesus told Peter before the cock crows, in other words, before the rooster crows in the morning, you will deny me three times. Now, Peter had affirmed <laughs> sincerely in his mind he would never, never deny Jesus. But just before the cock crowed that morning, he denied Jesus for the third time. And the text tells us that he wept bitterly. That must have haunted him, I suspect, for the rest of his life. But he did not stay down in the dumps of that sin of denying his Lord. He repented of that. He became a great leader as an apostle and as a gospel preacher and as an elder within the Lord's church through the rest of his life. But here, sometime between the death of Jesus and the cross, that following daylight period, and before he ascended back to heaven, Jesus asks Peter this probing question. Do you love me more than these? And Peter responded, and I suspect again that he probably responded quickly and affirmatively. Yes, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Now, I could imagine that perhaps Jesus' question caught Peter completely off guard. And I could understand maybe kind of a, a halting response where he had to kind of catch his breath a little bit, perhaps, put his words into clear speech. But he definitely affirmed his love for Jesus. Now, the text goes on, though, and that's not the last time Jesus asked Peter that question on that occasion. When Peter responded by saying, yes, Lord, you know that I love you, Jesus said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? And Peter responded, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He, that is Jesus, said to him, tend my sheep. He, that is Peter, uh, that is rather Jesus, said to him the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? And Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Well, it's interesting to me that Jesus asked 
Simon Peter three times, the same number of times that Peter had denied him just a few days before, in essence, three times, and Jesus asks him three times, do you love me? Now, being God the Son, Jesus knew that Peter loved him. Jesus knew that Peter had wept bitterly after denying him that third time on the night of his betrayal. Jesus knew that Peter had repented and that Peter was dedicated to him. The apostles, I don't believe at this time, were yet aware that Jesus would ascend back to heaven and leave them to follow his instructions to take the gospel message to everybody throughout the world. But they were, I'm sure, rejoicing and joyful over the fact that though he had died on that cross and was put in that tomb, he was back. He was back among them. And he was presenting himself in repeated bases to them, alive and risen. But now he's asking this probing, soul-searching question directly to Peter. Do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Again, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And then a third time, do you love me? Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. But each time, Jesus responded to Peter's affirmative statement, I love you, you know that I love you, with an instruction, feed my lambs, tend my sheep, feed my sheep. He's not talking about literal sheep or lambs in a barnyard someplace or in a pen or out in a field, a pasture. He's talking about his followers. Peter would go on to teach the gospel for many years. But the the next verse in this text, verse 18, Jesus responded, most assuredly I say to you, When you were younger, you girded yourself and walked where you wished, out of your, walked where you wished. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands, and another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish. He spoke signifying by what death he, that is, Peter, would glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said to him, Follow me. Well, Peter would be crucified. But when he came to that crucifixion, history tells us that he did not want to be crucified in the same manner that Jesus, his Lord, had been crucified. And so he asked, he he thought he was not worthy of that same position of execution. And so he asked to be crucified upside down. And so he was executed in that manner. Well, Peter demonstrated for the rest of his life that he loved Jesus. But how that question must have continued to come to his mind over and over again through the rest of the years of his life. 
while he was serving the Lord, while he was preaching the gospel, while he was serving as, an, as a divinely appointed apostle within the Lord's church, how he must have remembered those probing, repetitive questions three times from his Lord. Do you love me more than these? And how that must have caused him to remember the three times on the night of Jesus' betrayal and series of mock trials and hearings, Peter had denied his Lord, denied him three times. Well, I'd like for us in the remaining times that we have together in this particular study to think about that question that Jesus posed to Peter almost 2,000 years ago. Simon, Bar-Jonah, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? And I'd like for each of us to insert our own personal names at the head of that question. And imagine Jesus asking us again, Bill, Bob, Sam, Sally, Mary, Susie, do you love me more than these? It is soul-searching, isn't it? Causes us to go through a period of self-reflection, doesn't it? We can answer quickly and impulsively. Yes, you know that I love you. But does our life demonstrate that we do love Jesus with all of our heart? We'll start to search deeper next time. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for loving us so much that you sent your son to that cross to die as the perfect sacrifice, to pay the price for the guilt of our sins and give us the opportunity to be forgiven and saved and have eternal life with you in heaven. Thank you for the love of Jesus going to that cross willingly and lovingly to offer his life thereon for us. Help us to live as worthy as possible of your love and his as we serve you and demonstrate, yes, we love you, Father. Yes, we love you, Jesus. Please forgive us and hear our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.